what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I am live in Seattle, Washington, with my boy Camo. Camo, are you there? Of course you're there. We're live. We're here. You're in my house. I'm in, at your house. In Seattle. Happy Friday, man. I'm in Seattle. Happy Friday. This is my first time in Seattle. <laughs> Not necessarily here for a um, Seattle Seahawks game. The Seahawks are on a bye. Yes. But uh, I'm here for the weekend to visit my boy Camo. He moved. How long have you been? In, how uh, long have you been in Seattle? Four months. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say a year, but no, no. It's, it's only been four months. Yeah. Okay. So it's a summertime. So, so I, I promise, just for our listeners for context, I promised him like a while back that I'd come to visit him. For sure, came through. Appreciate it. And we're here. We're here. So this past week, I didn't get the chance to to recap what had happened. Yeah. In week ten, but. You know, at we least for a, the we had a pretty yeah. good game on Monday night for the NFC West as a whole. Yeah. Um, man, it was it, it was a full slate of shit. It was just it was just nice to see the NFC West get get that type type of exposure on a national stage and to, and to show how you know the Niners are are more than just this kind of flash in the pan this season. And the Seahawks in the same the same vein. Russell Wilson is making. Uh, I mean, he's definitely front runner for MVP at this point, dude. So looking at Week Ten for the NFC West, it was lit. By the way, guys, uh, thank you so much. Make a wish, guys. This is episode one eleven. One 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 one. Make a wish. So at San Francisco Monday night. By the way, this was the highest viewed Monday night football game of yeah. the season. I think it had sixteen million viewers. But uh, the Seahawks came out up top, uh, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, a lot of back, back and forth. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams they uh, off a bye at Pittsburgh. Rams were favored by four, but their offense took another dump. Um, no offensive touchdowns, so they lost twelve to seventeen to Pittsburgh. And the Cardinals uh, went back and forth. They had an opportunity at Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay was favored by four or so. Uh, a late Kyler Murray interception. He, he'd been pretty good the last couple of weeks, but uh, had an ill-advised throw. They lose twenty-seven to thirty. Uh, overall, when you when you look at this past week, I mean, obviously right now the biggest thing was that Monday Night Football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, let's just look at it right now. So the Niners, despite the loss. Mm-hmm. Now they're eight and one. Mm-hmm. There are no unbeaten teams in the league right now. Right. They're first at eight and one, but what makes this really intriguing right now is second place. Seahawks are eight and two. Eight they're two. only a yeah. game behind. Right. Rams are five and four. Right. <sighs> yeah, not looking so hot for them, but they could still make a case in the second half. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are three six and one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, clearly, um, you know, not a, you know, this is. I'd say kind of unusual year for the NFC West to have um, two teams who are just literally battling at the top here. And it feels like, it feels like you know, even though the Seahawks are, I guess, technically in second place because of the two losses here. Yeah. Um, you know, it, those, all of their games have been so close. So really... I think their first five out of six were yeah. decided by less than seven points. Exactly. Yeah. So this, they're eight and two... They could very well have be six or four at this point, you know, seven and three. But I think it kind of speaks to just the um, maybe the identity of this team that 
you know, maybe Russ Wilson, after all these years, his scrambling abilities, that's, this is just what they're, they're built on. And they're, they're able to show success by uh, supporting uh, what he does so well. I mean, what made this Monday Night Football game so, I won't say ironic, but just coming full circle was, you know, the rivalry between the Niners and the Seahawks in the past was um, there really was no face to the Seahawks before. Yeah. It was the collective effort of their defense. Right. You know, their, their leading of boom, yep. Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, the whole gang for that secondary. Russell Wilson as this young up-and-coming quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and then you, ha- you had the, nine, the Niners, respectively, two big defenses. Uh, but now... You know, the Snyder's defense, you know, you look at the Snyder's matchup. They didn't have any, any George Kittle down the middle. Emmanuel Sanders got hurt. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line struggled. Um, their receivers had nine drops. It was their defense that kept in the, them right in the mix. I think they forced, what, four turnovers. Mm-hmm. They sacked Russell Wilson, uh, I think, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, Fred Warner had two. Mm-hmm. D.J. Jones had one. Uh, they were right there. But uh, Russell Wilson, he, he was the one that really... Yeah. made the difference. I mean, he, he's, I, I think for the for the season right now, he has 18 touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. Yeah, right. just, right. just, just insane. Just insane. Does he have two now after this game? Since uh, Make it 19 then. He had yeah. 17 going. Yeah, yeah. two. Okay, yeah. so I'll make it 19. Still, yeah. They, um, yeah, I mean, if you just watch, watch this game, um, there are a number of times when they look like they had bottled him up and then he just is able to escape and get extra yardage. Yeah. Um, he also does it in a way where he's preserving his body. He's not just giving himself up to taking these huge hits. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, you know, this this was truly one of those games where, um, you know, despite the fact that the 49ers lost, personally, I felt like it was just a, it was a great game to watch. Um, I work in Seattle. All my coworkers of Seattle Seahawks fans are giving me shit the whole week. Um but afterwards, honestly, they were just saying that was a great game. So let me ask you this thing, Kevo, because um, I've seen this on Twitter. I've seen this between my own fans and friends in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of Niner fans, and I don't know, I guess you could make a case out of technicality, but, you know, the Niners in overtime, they got the ball with about a minute and a half left. Yeah. Okay, so they threw three times in a row. They didn't take too much clock off. Yeah. Right. They didn't run the ball once. You can make a case that Kyle Shanahan mismanaged that a bit because obviously mm-hmm. you want to give less time to Russell Wilson in that offense. But conversely, you know, a hot take. I don't agree with this personally, but um, they should have played for a tie with mm-hmm. a minute and a half. They yeah. should have just run out the clock because technically if they get a tie, instead of being be up a game, mm-hmm. they would be up a game and a half yeah. because of the tie. Yeah. They'd still be first place, but they'd have that upper hand against Seattle because yeah. Seattle didn't beat them yeah. in the matchup. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, even Kyle Shanahan said this aloud in his interview. You know, that was not a question. We are not playing for a tie. We were playing to win the game. Right, right. Um, but a lot of people were taking the take like, hey, maybe they should have proactively have played for a tie. I think that's a tough take because, yeah. you know, you're talking about a Monday Night Football game at home with yeah. the crowd livid and live and ready yeah. to go yeah. and to coach your team to play for a tie. Yeah. I just don't agree with that on a lot of levels of yeah. how you coach your team. But yeah. what, I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, no one like no one likes a tie, right? No. I mean, you could ask the Cardinals beginning of the season. They, they start the first game of this year, 0-0-1. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it really, um, 
I feel like a tie would have been a little underwhelming considering how great of a game this was. And for it to end in a tie, I don't know. It's 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 tough to say. I, I agree with Shannon. You never really, you never really, uh, you know, you play, is it, is it Herm Edwards who says you play to win the game? Uh, very much true in this in this sense. So do I think that he should have maybe taken off a little more time on the clock? I Probably so. I think in that one series, they only burned like 18 or 20 seconds. Or you can make a case and maybe random once, yeah, you know, just, yeah. just to keep it honest, right. you know, burn a little bit of clock, you know? Yeah, yeah. there is very little. Um, but that is that is not what decided the outcome of the game. Um, you know, obviously leading up to it, towards the end of the game, um, you know, when, the, when the, the Seahawks were driving down after Wilson had made that, the one a third down conversion to I think it was uh, Malik Turner. Uh, I thought that was they had all the momentum and then they were in the red zone. Wilson throws towards the back back end of the end zone and Drake Greenlaw comes out of nowhere and picks it and takes it like sixty yards, almost all the way. Could have made a case, man. I, made a I case. thought he was gonna go for the yeah. whole big six. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was an amazing play. I was about to house that shit. But yeah. like leading up to that, it's like all right, Seahawks. Even if they would have covered that, they probably would have, you know, uh, had an opportunity for a field goal at that point. But, um, yeah, that was a that was a huge play. Uh, what do they call it? big big play, Dre? I, I heard big that. play, Dre. I, I heard somewhere. that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, the whole story this season of the Four Niners has been their defense, and um, this is just this was another example of the defensive defensive games. Um, Jimmy D. Jimmy G. didn't have a great game. Um, but this kind of we talked about this the other week as well that every game, the offense has had a different sort of tone to it. You know, early in the season, that one game where Coleman had what four touchdowns, three, four three. touchdowns, yeah, that was no three touchdowns, three yeah, touchdowns, that was crazy. They ran it. The other game when Jimmy threw it to like four different receivers with with four touchdowns. Yeah, you know. So again, I think that the offense is still. You never really know what you're going to get with each given, given game. And I know that depends on the opponent and the defense they're throwing out of and such, but um, again, this is something that they're still working on. You know, with, they, they have still yet to identify... I mean, they're saying Mano Sanders is their number one receiver. And he's proven it to be... He's, he's been great in the last few weeks since he signed here. He got hurt this game. He's still... I don't know if he's questionable for the game against the Cardinals on Sunday. Um but outside of him, you know, who has who has really stepped up outside of George Kittle, who's been hurt the last few games? Well, it's not Dante Pettis it's from, not, from no. the University of Washington, no. not too far away U- from Seattle. U- UW, UW uh, kind of semi-legend here. Legend in the sense uh, uh, for his um, punt return abilities, which he has not done once as a 49er for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what are, just what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on, on this, on the 49ers and their offense? Well, it should be interesting because, um, you know, the good thing about the schedule right now is, you know, the Cardinals gave them a lot of trouble last week for Thursday Night Football. Mm -hmm. They played another mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson in Seattle. By the way, Russell Wilson's a much better quarterback. So maybe we're onto this tip, though. Like, this Niners pass rush, you know, obviously is a great front four with Nick Bosa and D Ford off the edge. But these mobile quarterbacks, man, I mean... You need an interior pass rush to push the pocket to really put it upstream and give your Kyler Murray's and Russell Wilson's problems, you know, because these aren't your typical pocket quarterbacks, right? 
um, they can elude defenders from edges. You have to keep your your gap assignments disciplined. You can't compromise that. If not, they're going to just run the other way and screw you guys over. So it's interesting um, because right now, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but they're going to play the Cardinals this upcoming week. Yep. So for sure. Conversely, um, you know. How, how um, kind of switching gears a little bit, how, yeah. since the one of the biggest knocks mm-hmm. on the Seahawks, just from a local fan base, has been two things this season special teams and their secondary. How do you think both of those, uh, those groups fared in this game? For Seattle? For Seattle. You know, I mean, their secondary, it was okay. I mean, it was, I think it's, I didn't notice them, if, if that makes any sense, you know, mm-hmm. which is which is fine, I guess. I'd say their secondary, you know, uh, what was really cool about their secondary this week was <laughs> their turnovers, or their defense as a whole. A lot of these new guys that just joined the team, mm-hmm. they made plays. David Clowney, he had 10 pressures. He had his yeah. best game, arguably, of his career, which mm-hmm. is saying a lot, mm-hmm. considering he's a former fir- first-round number one overall pick. Yeah. But Quandre Diggs, mm-hmm. they just traded for him the from the Lions. You know, Kendrick Bourne mm-hmm. had a potential catch, got deflected off his hands, and Quandre Diggs had a monumental pick. I think that changed the game for them. Mm-hmm. All right, they went on the score, take the lead, but... Mm-hmm. You know, this the secondary, you know, between him, Marquise Blair, um, you know, Jamar Taylor, like there's they're still trying to find themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that Shaquille Griffin he's he's right there, but everything else behind that, Trey Flowers, he's cool, but you're still kinda of waiting for that, that group, that depth to kind of mm-hmm. solidify itself. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the pass rush, but for whatever reason this this game they came to play, man. Mm-hmm. They came to play. The coworkers I spoke with this week, they were literally telling me that every time Jason Myers was up there, they were holding their breath because of his inconsistencies this season. But he came through in this game. If it makes you feel any better, though, you're worried about Jason Myers, right? Yeah. But this guy, Chase, this guy, yeah. rookie, undrafted, undrafted kicker Just for the Niners. Pick him up, yeah. You know, what's worse than Myers is probably an undrafted rookie that's never been in that sort of situation. True. He made the the kick to tie to bring right. them to overtime. Right. And he missed the 47-yarder for the win, for the go-ahead win mm-hmm. in overtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, you it's can't, tough. You can't, it's tough, you man. can't fault him. I mean, you can see Robbie Gold in the sideline. He just felt, like, mad at himself for not being in there because – Put him in, this could be a different story. But I still give the kid credit for tying it in the overtime. He still kicked the, I think it's a 42, 43 yard in the overtime. Yeah. Uh, definitely not easy considering the circumstances. And he literally just got picked up a few days prior and said, here you go. But uh, yeah, you know, no one I don't think is giving fault to him. Um, this was This was just. Uh, a game that's we're gonna be talking about for a long time, uh, especially for a Monday night game. I agree. Best Monday night football game of the season, oh, and sure. actually, probably Last two years, probably at least for the NFC West yeah. as a whole for this division. I think we're gonna remember this for a couple of years. I think this will be a good benchmark for for both franchises. Yeah, for you sure. know the Niners are ascending, and right now you're getting MVP sort of play mm-hmm. out of Russell Wilson. We're gonna remember this matchup. Yeah, and it's just gonna just put even more. That intensity and excitement for Week 17 when the, the rematch commences um, up here in Seattle. So All right, that should be interesting. All right, 
Let's switch gears a bit. So we, we yeah. talked all about Monday Night Football. Let's go briefly about the other <laughs> matchups, and then we can go on to Week 11. Okay. So the Rams played the Steelers. Jared Goff, this offensive line. They lost Brian Allen, their center. Uh, I believe they lost... Ooh, let me double-check. I think they lost... One of their tackles. One of their... Robert Havenstein, he's going to miss a couple weeks. Um, pretty rough. Um, yeah, man, I mean, their offensive line was already bad enough. Brandon Cooks, he still has a concussion. He's probably going to miss this upcoming game as well. But, you know, you're just seeing this offense kind of underwhelmed right now. Yeah. I knew it was that... It was going to be a little bit tougher against Pittsburgh. They're tough at Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I mean, to see this Rams team put no offensive touchdowns, it's, that's pretty rough, man. That's pretty rough. That's, um, yeah, I think they uh, they had a Dante Fowler defensive touchdown. They had a safety. They had a field goal. But no, no touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, we touched upon this, you know, last couple of pods. But, you know, the expectations of the Rams coming into the season were so high. Um, and to say that they have disappointed would probably be a little bit of an understatement just because 5-4, and four, but have they had a convincing win thus far? I'd have to go back and check. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, Jared Goff got paid. Um, Todd Gurley got paid. How, what, what's happening? You know, they're, they're third in the NFC West right now. I don't even know. What, is, what they're looking like in terms of wild card positioning. The fingers are starting to point just because you're paying Jerry Goff a lot of money, yeah. paying Todd Gurley a lot of money. Yeah. And if you're paying those guys a lot, a lot, of, a lot of cash, yeah. you need more production out of them. For sure. Um, you said in this game they put up 12 points. 12 points. No offensive touchdowns. You know, you could say that the moves they made, you know, getting rid of the defensive players were questionable. Um, but you know they're saying oh with Robert Robert Woods uh, and Brandon Cooks this offense should be rolling Todd Gurley but I think a lot of it has to do with Co- the Cooper Cup Cooper Cup I mean Cooper Cup was balling the, the, the week prior but I think a lot yeah. of it right now they're just their offensive line because of the injuries and because of the, that transition yeah you're seeing it happen you know yeah so I mean moving forward you're going to have David Edwards and a couple of other rookies come in mm-hmm. um, you're going to have Austin uh, Corbett come in at, at guard you're going to get Austin Blythe he's going to get pushed into center so yeah man you're going to see some adjustment moving forward uh, for the second half of the season and hopefully it'll work out but the Rams know. also have I think they're on like their third or fourth tight end as well right Gerald Everett he's, yeah. he's I mean he's hurt Taylor Higby's hurt um I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, conversely, uh, Cardinals, 27-30, to 30, Tampa Bay won. Uh, but I knew that the Cardinals would play them pretty competitively. Uh, they had a chance to win. I'm not really giving them too much slight on the road against Tampa Bay, East Coast game. Their defense isn't stellar. But I thought that they could have won this because I was expecting James Winston to do James Winston things. Yeah. But Kyler Murray at the very end, he did it. He pulled a Jameis. He had an untimely touch, not, not touchdown. He had an untimely interception, and it it, ha- it happens, you know. Um, Christian Kirk had three touchdowns. Awesome. Yeah, he was great for my fantasy team. Had him on your fantasy team? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Okay. Finally, a breakout game. You know, we all kind of saw that coming at some point. Um, he was kind of one of those dark horse kind of sleeper picks in fantasy. But, 
kind of quiet up until up until this game. So we'll 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 be see if that was just a, a flash in the pan or, or what. And I've said this on record too. So the Cardinals they're three six and one, but you know, no one likes to to lose. But you know what? I mean, I'm okay with this. It seems like the last six games that I've seen. They're competing, you know. Yeah. They competed against the Niners. They, they had a chance against Tampa Bay. Um, not so much against the Saints, but every other game they've made things interesting. And I think that Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, I think yeah. Kyler Murray as a quarterback, they're they're taking steps. You, they're taking steps at least. I don't know. I feel like I just have not been impressed, overly impressed by Kyler Murray. You know, I know. Really, I know that this is like San Francisco did, didn't impress you. I was quite uh, surprised. I know that you know he's you know what their the, the new wave of quarterbacks is supposed to look like, right? Mm-hmm. Murray, Lamar Jackson. That's the new twenty twenty quarterback, right? That's what it's supposed to look like. I just I'm not convinced yet. I don't know if it's just how you know. How sustainable is 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 that type of play? I'm on the other side of the fence. I think that you know, Kyler Murray doesn't run. I mean, he runs. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I, I think he's been pretty um, decisive. He's not just yeah. running just to run. I think that if anything, you know, I've been quite impressed with the last couple games. He's only had one interception the last six games. He's taking better care of the ball. He's getting sacked less. I think that you're seeing that maturation happen. Mm-hmm. Are they getting wins right away? No. But I think that, you know, he's, he's certainly talented. And I think that since he's cleaning up a couple of those things on his end with the turnovers, I think that you're seeing uh, you're seeing why they picked him number one overall. I can see it. There's a lot of hype, obviously, with Kingsbury being the, his coach, and former, even Cl- former coach. All even even Kingsbury, he's adjusting to his play calling, too, yeah, you know? True. Yeah. I just feel like these guys, are, I mean, they're just going to be Michael Vicks of this era. What, what what did Vic ever do accomplish for those teams? All right. Well, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. I'm Maybe it's just old old school way of thinking, and 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 I mean, I'm I'm all for you know um, you know the evolution of, of the game and the position and such. Uh, I guess for me, I'm just I, Lamar Jackson for sure is is I'm I'm becoming more of a believer. Um, it's okay. We don't have to agree with everything. No, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it, it's sure. it's fine. For sure, it's fine. It's all yeah. good. It's a uh, it's interesting to see. Um, so we get, you know as we get closer to the draft, we get more discussions about that because uh, we can see who you know. There's definitely a number of uh, quarterback prospects coming out who are more of the kind of traditional molds of what to evaluate at that time. So let's go ahead and talk about week eleven. So yeah. the, those are the week matchups for week ten. Pretty lit. Pretty lit in the MC West. And so as we go into week 11, it is officially the second half of the season. Wow. And the Seahawks, it's ironic because we're in Seattle right now. There's no <laughs> Seattle football. No. Nope. They're on a bye. Well, the uh, the Seattle Sounders just won the MLS Cup. I know you were you were overjoyed to hear to hear that. Who? The Seattle Sounders. The, the Sounders. The, the, the soccer the, team. The Seattle Sounders. The... For... For Major League of Soccer, MLS? MLS. Okay. Yeah, they play in the, the same uh, division as the uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Okay. Yes. okay. Good they, for won, they, won, they won the cup. Oh, go. That's, yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. Would you, would you say you're a bigger soccer fan or hockey fan? Hmm. hmm. 
Oh, man, uh, I love both both sports <laughs> so much. So can't decide. Um, I can't decide. Yeah. So no no football this week. Um, think, but, I even think UW. I don't even know if they have the game this weekend. I think they do. Yeah, they do. They play at Colorado, and they're not very good. Hopefully, they can they can get a win there. You know what? That's okay because I'm here for the weekend. More beer for me. More Indeed. beer, more Starbucks coffee, Indeed. more seafood, yes. more stuff away from football. Even though, by the way, Sunday we are going to check out a Niners bar, bar at Seattle. We're going to do Seattle. that, right? We're doing that, right? Niners faithful. Okay. Seattle faithful, right? Seattle faithful. Yeah, sorry. Seattle faithful. Seattle That's what that's, that's, yeah, exactly. Seattle Shout faithful. out to Seattle faithful. That's awesome. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a, we'll take a look. Maybe uh, we'll do some sort of, uh, Instagram live or something on that day we'll, we'll take we'll have to have to see what the, what the vibe's like but um so speaking, uh, speaking of let's go ahead and d- dive into the game yeah. that we're going to watch at uh, Seattle Faithful Bar so the Cardinals 3-6-1 <laughs> at San Francisco San Francisco at home they're 8-1 so it's a 1 o'clock game the Niners open at 14 favorites now it's down to Niners favored by 10.5 over under 45.5 and some key injuries as we look into this game. I mean, David Johnson, he's back. Yeah. You know, he saw a little bit of love last week. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he's, he's got a hamstring injury still. Patrick Peterson, he's got a calf injury. Tremaine Brock has a hamstring. Uh, conversely, for the Niners, I mean, they open at 14. But the reason it went down to 10.5 is because it's confirmed that most likely Matt Breida, running back, is not going to play. Most likely George Kittle, down the middle. Tight end, he's not going to play. DJ Jones, he's got a growing. Sanders, he's probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. Rib injury. And I don't know what the deal is with the Robbie Gold, but they might have Chase again, the rookie court, uh, the rookie kicker. So, I mean, as you look into this game, he went from 14 down to 10 and a half. A uh, couple ways to look at this. Okay, One, you could say that, hey, the Cardinals, they played each other. These two teams played on Thursday night yeah. just two weeks ago. It's fresh. Yeah. It's the NFC West. It should be a close game. Yeah. Kyler Murray... Even though they didn't win, they gave. That was the first time all season where people looking at the film it was like, "That's how you get the Niners. That's how you get to their defense." Mm-hmm. Not everyone has a mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. but that's how you, you you challenge them. You challenge them with lateral movement, screens, really test the linebackers to make a play. A lot of missed tackles that we saw on Thursday Night Football. So that's how you get to them. So you can say it might be a close game, or uh, on the other end, you could say that hey. You know, the Niners' defense, while they did lose to the Seahawks, I mean, it wasn't... That defense was still really good. And they were pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just lost on Monday Night Football. They can't wait to play football and, and fuck shit up and mm-hmm. just show this Cardinals game. Earlier was more flukish than anything that, you know, given more time to prepare, that we are the Niners, you know. Yeah. So you can look both ways, and maybe that's why... You know, it started at 14, mm-hmm. it's down at 10.5 because of these injuries, but it still remains at a pretty high spread. Yeah. yeah. What's your take on this? Yeah, when you told me that it started at 14, I thought that was very, very high. Um, I think I agree. I definitely agree with you. I think this could be a much closer game than that, and I don't I, I don't even think that they will even cover uh, 10 points. I think it would be closer than that. Why? <coughs> to a lot of points you said, mainly the, um, the injuries – uh, still having, even though the game against the Seahawks was close and they had a lot, you know, there have been injuries since since then. Like you said, Breed is out. 
Coleman's been playing really well, but still missing a guy like Brita is going to hurt them. Kittle, obviously another big uh, number one receiver target and, and whatnot. So you're expecting guys to step up to fill that spot. We talked, we touched on receivers. Sanders is out. Uh, we're still waiting for the other guys to step up. Pettis, Debo Samuel, Samuel, um, those guys to, to continue to make consistent plays and, Last game they had what nine drops as a team? Yep, nine drops. Nine drops for a yeah. professional team. So a little, you know, a little, little bit of sloppiness there. Jimmy G not having a great game. Um, do I still think they're going to win? I do. They're at home. You know, they're pissed from the from the loss to the Seahawks. Um, one thing that they play the Cardinals early this season, so they have that footage. They know kind of what more to expect in in this game. Um, but you know, I think I think again, this will they're going to count on their defense and and their uh, you know their front seven to really make plays and put a lot of pressure on uh, on Murray. So I'm gonna look I'm gonna look to be to you know um, give me the score. What's gonna happen? What do you think? What's a what's a forty Niners minus ten ten and a half forty five and a half over under. So what say you came up? Uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna be like a similar score to the last. I'm going to say it's probably 20, 24-17, 49ers. 24-17, okay. Yeah. Um, I mentioned two sides of the coin, but I didn't tell you what side I was on. That's true. I'm on the other end, okay. actually. So this is not necessarily an X's and O's thing. This is more of a field take. Yeah. But hear me out, Camo. Okay. Kyle Shannon is going to rip up a, a brand new asshole and all these receivers in the film room. They're going to play every damn drop. All nine drops are going to be put on the film. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... You saw what he said about Pettis saying that, hey, you know, if you get these opportunities and you don't make use of it, you're going to get less opportunities. Yeah. He's pretty pissed off, man. <laughs> I would be pretty pissed off, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think those nine catches would have accounted for 110 yards. That's what, I think that's mm-hmm. what they were saying on, on Twitter. You know, this could have been a much different game. And these are the type of things that you let slip away. If anything, this first loss of the season was probably humbling. Mm-hmm. Very humbling for this team where, you know, the last two weeks you've had some some really highly contested games, obviously with the Cardinals and the Niners, your divisional rivals, and so you get another go at it. But you get it not only against the Cardinals, but you get it at home. I think that in this instance, Kyle Shanahan and this team is going to be, they're going to be pretty pissed. They're going to be pretty pissed. And I know that they have their share of injuries. I know that Joe Staley Mm -hmm. is also hurt as well. But, you know, I think that um, Kyle Yuschuk uh, back, mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey, I think that the run game, I know that Matt Breed is hurt, but, you know, give me Tevin Coleman. Give me give me, give me, me Mostert. I still feel pretty good with this crop of running backs. I think it's going to be similar to kind of like earlier in the season. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they can run the ball mm-hmm. very well at home. I think that with another week of that offensive line kind of gelling together you're going to see some bigger gaps mm-hmm. i know that the Cardinals played them well against thursday night football but i might say that they'll be better prepared this time conversely i think that uh these receivers they're going to take you know you can say that they don't listen to, to what they hear in the media no they, they heard mm-hmm. they, they know they know mm-hmm. they fucked up mm-hmm. right one bright spot is i know emmanuel sanders won't play this game but you saw a breakout game out of Debo Samuel. 
Mm-hmm. He had one drop, don't get me wrong, but he still had eight catches for 110 yards. Mm-hmm. He had a very good game, and I expect him to, to continue that trend. I'm hoping he continues that trend. So, I mean, give it the Niners. Okay. 28 to 14. 28 to 14. You know, they will, it'll be like 21 7, second half, and then I think they'll just push on through 28 to 14. Give, give me the Niners okay. in convincing fashion. Okay. Okay. So, kind of a, um, you know, re- redemption sort of win to get back back on track. Ho- hopefully, in their case, to be 9 and 1 to go into a, another home game the following week against the Packers. And that's a primetime game as well. That's Sunday right. night, they got flexed. They got flexed. flexed. To it. So, yep. two, two times in a row, they're going to have these primetime games. Um, yeah. And, but here's the thing, too, to your <laughs> point, though, if Jimmy G. That's another stupid ass fumble. He mm-hmm. gets some early yeah. turnovers. Yeah. If the Cardinals get some yeah. leeway earlier on, yeah. yeah, it could be troublesome. Could be very, very troublesome. So did, I meant to ask this earlier when we were talking about the Week Ten game, but how did how did you think Jimmy D Jimmy G I don't know D Jimmy G performed um, under that sort of immense pressure? Do you feel like the stage kind of got to him, especially in overtime? I say it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you could tell that he had some happy feet, mm-hmm. but then at the same time too, what kind of came to that moment? Um, you could say that the, um, he was a little skittish, mm-hmm. but his receivers were a little bit skittish too, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, it seemed like you know with these constant drops, he had to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. You know, he couldn't necessarily throw them open per se. I don't necessarily think he trusted them at the second half of the game, you know? What about that one ball he totally airmailed in overtime? Mm. You know, that was just, I don't know, that was just a misread or or what happened there. But that was just, that was something when I felt like he he well, was getting a little a little too antsy there. That's that's what I say about the happy feet. Yeah. If you don't plant your feet you and, and made that connection, you, you throw a little high. Yeah. That's yeah. what you saw. Gotcha. And I think, I think conversely, too, um, I mean, all the credit for Seattle and that front seven. All the credit in the world for Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. Jadavion Clowney he was, was all over him. All over him. Ten pressures, by the way. Ten pressures. Uh, sack, force fumble, touchdown. Like, he was all over the place. He was whooping the mm-hmm. tackles. Yep. Right? So, that had to do with it as well. A rusty O-line. Lackluster receivers, but still is on Jimmy <coughs> to the to the sense where, you know, if you're going to be on the 1520, on your own 1520, you can't afford to fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You know, that's just, I mean, he's done that a couple times this season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that interception early on to Kendrick Bourne, I mean, you can blame Kendrick Bourne, but it was a little high. Was a little high. I know he had to throw a little bit higher because Bobby Wagner was trying to deflect the pass, but you know it's just things to consider. You know, mm-hmm. as a quarterback, right? For sure. Um, I put you know, given those factors about you know a rusty offensive line, some lackluster receivers, those are factors. But you know, even Jimmy in the press, he he did recognize that hey, I am the quarterback. Right. It is my fault. Right. So I'll just leave it at that. Cool. So onwards towards the next game. So yeah. both in agreement that the Niners going to win this game. Mm-hmm. But what's up with this Sunday night football game? So you have, and it's ironic too, uh, because last season, right, 
last season. Do you remember that Thursday night football game that was super lit? It was the Chiefs against the Rams. Yes. They scored like 50-something points yep. apiece, yep. right? Yep. So following that game, that made it really interesting. That was the highest point for the Rams. That was the highest point for Jared Goff, that whole offense. They were on full cylinders, right? So they played the Bears the following week, the following game. And that was the first time all season where they scored zero offensive touchdowns. Hmm. Coming full circle, they're playing the Bears again. But this time around, you have a lot of question marks to this mm-hmm, offense. Mm-hmm. But they're at home. Mm-hmm. They're at home, favored by six and a half, a very low over-under at 40 and a half, mm-hmm. like a 2020-2021 game. Mm-hmm. The Bears, while their defense hasn't been as good... Well, their offense hasn't been as good. I mean, they had a pretty convincing win against the Lions, mm-hmm. given that the Lions didn't have Matthew Stafford. He wasn't healthy, but I don't know. Um, I wonder what the public is thinking right now. What are you thinking right now, Camo? I'm thinking this could be could be a really ugly game because you have two teams, the Bears 4-5, and five, Rams 5-4, and four, both – both teams um, struggling on offense for sure. The jury, you know, the jury's out on Trubisky. I heard rumors this week that if Carolina decides to let go of Cam Newton, that Chicago could be a prime destination for him. Really? Yeah. Mm. Which you, you know, be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I will be first to tell you I am not up on uh, you know the Chicago Bears personnel. Um, but again, it's, I think this is, this is going to be something for them having to travel to West coast. Uh, what time is this game? Four o'clock game. No, it's Sunday night football. Oh, Sunday night football. Sunday night okay, football. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, that, that won't, that won't impact them too much, but you know, maybe this is a, this is an opportunity for, for Jared Goff and Gurley to kind of get back on track, um, and get a, get, get some momentum going. You would hope so. You know why? Because this is. You know, it's an under type of game with 40 and a half, and I think a lot of it has to do with their both defenses with their pass rushers. Yeah. Kind of cool, though. You have Khalil Mack on one end. Mm-hmm. You have Aaron Donald on the, on the other. True. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Rams offensive line, like I mentioned before, Brian Allen, he's out for the season. Robert Havenstein, he's out for, for several games. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to shuffle their offensive line again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Goff, he might be in for a long day. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to run the ball. I would hope they would run the ball a little bit more to Gurley. Conversely, I mean, I mean, Jerry Goff, it's Trubisky. It's come down to that point where Jerry Goff might have to play down right. to the level of Mitch Trubisky. It could be a very... But at the same time, too, here's the thing about the Bears. Uh, David Montgomery, their, mm-hmm. their prize rookie, he's out. So, yeah, Tariq Cohen's getting a lot, getting a lot of playing time. So a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Like, both teams are... They're not perfect. Right, for sure. They're not perfect. I think that the Rams could get it on track, but I'm just really concerned about this offensive line. I'm really concerned about Kalumak. I'm really concerned about Jared Goff um, just getting on track. But, you know, yeah. they still have Cooper Cup. They still have Todd Gurley. They have better components. But I think, really, it's going to be... It's going to be on coaching. I think it's really going to be on Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. He's at home. He's on primetime Sunday night football. They cannot lose this game. No. They're five and four right now. If they're gonna hope to have any sort of chance in getting the wild card in the MC, 
they can't lose that many games. They have very little wiggle room. If they lose this game, that means they have to be near perfect right. down the final stretch. For sure. So, yeah. I, was, I don't know. I was just curious looking up the, the Bears' depth chart. Dave Montgomery is actually second string running back. Listen to their chart to, uh, to Tariq Cohen at this point. I mean, not a formality. I don't know. But who knows, but... There were wide receivers, Taylor Gabriel, Helen Robinson, Helen Robinson, and Anthony Miller. I mean, they're cool. Yeah, yeah it's a good group. Their group is the the receivers are. There's nothing wrong with the receivers. I think it's still in the quarterback play, but yeah, you know that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I the over under this game was forty and a half. I think that's pretty spot on. I mean, I mean, I, I'm gonna in this game. I'm gonna take the Rams. I'm gonna say Rams, twenty one, uh, Chicago, seventeen. Okay, I think the Rams, like I mentioned before, this is a game at home, mm-hmm. prime time. They're coming off some pretty tough games. I think they'll win. Yeah. I think it'll be a close one. Give me Rams seventeen. Mm-hmm. Give me Bears fourteen. Okay, I think it'll be an uglier Sunday night football game. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It's going to happen, so. For sure. All right. Well, that's what we have in the NFC West. I think the, the last thing I wanted to do before we conclude this podcast is, well, the last game that we saw to start week 11, Thursday Night Football, the Browns, the Steelers, Miles Garrett, <laughs> Mason Rudolph. So did something happen? Uh, a, a thing happened. A thing? A thing happened. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, at the, the final seconds of the game, scuffle yeah. between Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett, and a whole bunch of other people, you know, yeah. going back yeah. and forth. Yeah. I don't know. You could talk about who was, who had the wrong or whatever, but nonetheless, okay, scuffle happens. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, one of the top pass rushers in the league, an icon in the mm-hmm. league at that takes off Mason Rudolph's helmet and swings it at his head. Yep. Connects. Connects. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it wasn't at the top of the helmet because he, that yep. motherfucker would have been dead. Yeah. But connects nonetheless. Yeah. Fight ensues. You know, offensive line, Maurice penalty. You know, every, every everything shit happens. Chaos. Clear it up. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Miles Garrett is suspended indefinitely. Yeah. What's your take? It, it just wow. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I mean, you know, all day today they're talking about this and, you know, replaying different clips from all types of melees and sports over the last several years. Um, They kept talking about the Hainsworth incident a few years ago. Took the helmet off and then kicked him. He stepped on his neck. Yeah. um, On the Titans offensive lineman's neck and actually had to get, like, a bunch of stitches from that. He suspended five games, which at that time was the longest NFL suspension for a quote-unquote, you know, altercation on the field. Okay. You know, not like drug-related or anything like that. So, in this sense, uh, and I believe a couple of years ago, I feel like uh, there was a player in the Titans who, like a cornerback, who took off another player's helmet and tried, tried to use it to, to connect. Do you remember that? I, I saw it. I don't remember who. Who was a? I don't I can't remember the player. But anyway, he didn't. He didn't connect. Oh, he missed. He missed. But still, the principle was they're using a the helmet as a weapon in this case. Uh, but in this case, Garrett did connect. Um, it it was not 
you know, like you said, he didn't hit him with the with the dome of the helmet, but that's kind of beside the point. The fact that this game was already over, the Browns were up by two touchdowns with eight seconds left. The play was over. There's, you know, and they they kept saying, "Oh, this is a game where you're taught to be violent, and your goal is as a defensive end to as soon as the ball snapped to go and tackle the the quarterback to get that's your sole objective, and to turn on that intensity and to turn off like that is so difficult. But at the same time, we see." Minor scuffles all the time in the NFL, you know, push, yeah. pushing and shoving. No, it's, a, it's a violent game. It's a violent game. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But to take it to the next level and say, "Oh, my, my, you know, anger got the best of me," you really have to be wanting to cause some damage to remove someone's helmet and then use it, not to like toss it to the side or throw it at them, but to actually like use it as like a mace and try to, to hit him in the head of all places. Especially, you know, on the position that's most highly protected in 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 the NFL, the quarterback. The quarterback, of course, of course. The quarterback with no helmet on is getting hit in the head with his own helmet. It is ridiculous. So, I think the um, <coughs> I think the sentence kind of uh, you know fit the crime here. Um, I think him being suspended for us the season is appropriate. Um, you know, they're talking. You know, is this assault? Yeah, I I honestly don't know enough. How, you know, and what sort of capacity do you consider this? I did see that uh, Rudolph is not pressing sort of criminal charges. Sure. So they're, <laughs> so they're letting the NFL handle this internally, which if, if had he done that, like, you can say yes, but, you know, this is, if you think of it this way, in your place of work, if someone were to come and attack you like this, they would go to jail, like, I think the best because I agree with all your points. Yeah. For, for for once, I actually agree with your shit. Um, <laughs> so I think the best analogy for this is, you know, no one's right or wrong when you get into a fight. When you get into a fist fight, I mean, there's faults on both sides. So to even get to that point, right? Yeah. You know, I saw on Twitter, you'd be like, well, you know, Mason started. He was a dick too to initiate it. He tried to take off his helmet as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You know, right? I I get that, right? But I think the best analogy to put this is. You know, you do a fist fight in the streets, and then someone pulls a gun. Yep. That completely... Then who's in the wrong? It's the guy that pulls the gun. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, it's even, you know, you mm-hmm. can have a scuffle, you can have a fist fight. He took it to the next level. Right? Yeah. Whether it's a knife, a gun, a helmet. A helmet, yeah. To a guy that's defenseless without a helmet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. No, that's, that's pretty how, bad. How would this have looked had he hit him squarely in the face and knocked him unconscious or broke his... I, I'm serious. He, he might have been dead. He might have been dead. Yeah, he, he might have been dead. He might have had a brain... He, anything could have happened. Um, those helmets are heavy, and Miles Garrett is a very, very strong man. He's like 250 pounds. Yeah. He's, he's using he's, all of his weight and force. Yeah, that's, so, not you know, hope, thankfully, you know, uh, Rudolph... Just got a little bump or whatever he said he was fine. I'm sure. Uh, here's the thing too. I mean, for for those that <laughs> were in defense of Garrett, I mean, for one, you guys are wrong. But yeah, to your point, I mean, I'm sure Mason Rudolph is no saint either. No, no. 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 I think he, you know, they're gonna look back and see. Yeah, he he's, he was kind of a what dick he was too. Doing, you know, but again, it's it's one thing words versus actual physical altercation. And then you see afterwards. After he got hit in the helmet, he's kind of like, "Hey, what the hell's going on?" Some other guy on the on the Browns comes and like literally like chucks him in the back. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you see Pouncy like stomping on uh, yeah. on Garrett and kicking him in the face. No, it was a shit show. Uh, Pouncy got suspended for three, three games, games, too. Yeah, yeah. Which he should. So, had a lot of issues over the years. But uh, having said that, it's very interesting because it happened on a national televised game. Not a good look. And of course, it's the it's Browns. Browns. Yeah, the Browns. It's the Steelers. But here's what makes this even better. Kind of like the Cardinals and the Niners for a divisional game. They play each other in two weeks. That's right. You do it all over again in two weeks. Two weeks, man. This is gonna be crazy. The one, one crazy one thing, and I am definitely not a Baker Mayfield fan. I think he's. I have my own thoughts on him, but I did appreciate that in the moment he spoke very candidly post game and saying that this is inexcusable, that this is just something that you know is unacceptable, and that. It showed a lot of maturity from from a, a guy who who's been, who's been his maturity's been questioned before in the past, and I also liked how their head coach was owning it pretty much right away, and 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 had said that you know that you know this he wasn't trying to shy away from it essentially. Well, thank God because the, this whole team's been pretty undisciplined all year, but yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's another that's another I mean, issue. I don't know. Did they, did they even did they even uh, interview Odell about this? I, feel I like, don't. I don't know. Probably, but. I don't know. Yeah, you know, who's it's it's yeah, it's a player of Garrett's talent. It's uh, it's unfortunate because uh, you know I don't know the Browns again were a team with a lot of expectation. They're supposed to win their division and all yeah. that kind of stuff, but this is just another hit selfishly that he took, and it's going to impact the team. It will. So. All right, Camo. Well, hey, I I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me at your humble house. <laughs> home in seattle washington yes you know what guys to our loyal listeners thank you for checking out the pod whether it's been on itunes or spotify fyi we're going to be at a seattle niners bar let y'all know how it goes we would be at a seattle seahawks bar but there's no football this weekend in seattle land true for for seahawks i mean you know of course i'd anyways yeah um there's that there's twitter at just the west instagram at just the west and of course the blog www.justthewest.com until next time we out here peace peace